0: following is a presentation of the belly sports media network
1: and welcome in everybody to another episode of the high low sports podcast we appreciate y'all joining us here on a wednesday night or if you're listening to us again the next day or in the future as well too we got a very action-packed show on one of the best weeks in sports it is dj joined as always by my co-host kelsey and kelsey we're switching things up a little bit as well too Two's a two's a party, but three's company too, and we got ourselves a special guest coming coming in today.
2: Yeah, you know it's uh, finally we uh we we uh, we actually get to have him on the show at the same time as both of us for more than, well this this is this is the third time I don't even know anymore. He's the only Eagles fan we've allowed back on the show multiple times, so at this point in time, he gets some kind of credit for this, right?
1: Exactly, he's get something. He's Philadelphia's Philadelphia fans see Steve Stifler. He is the king of the Ales, Broad Street's finest, the fearless leader of the corner booth. Our good friend Jared from the corner booth, Jared, we appreciate you joining us here to talk a little sports here.
3: Oh, DJ, that intro is pretty good, man. You're catching up to me. That was pretty good. You have
1: more practice than I have, but I'm getting there. I'm getting there.
3: You see, usually I get told the devourer of brews. That's the usual one I get because yeah. I, 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 was on. I don't can't remember what podcast it was on. I think it was Cruz's, a former member of Billy Sports Cruise Oxen. I was on his podcast on his new network. And I think I ran through five or six beers in the two hours of that podcast. But they're all like Miller Lights and stuff. So, like, I was not, like, sloshed by any stretch. But by the end of it, I had gone through my one F-bomb I was allowed because it's sponsored by Maker's Market. Apparently, they're a family brand. But, yeah, whiskey is a family brand. That one still bugs me. But I'm happy to be here. This is the first time I've actually not co-hosted, either been only on for a few minutes or not co-hosted for one of you that is missing. So this is my fourth time here. It's my first time for the full show. I'm actually kind of excited, guys.
1: We're definitely excited to have you. You got a lot to talk about today. we got the Super Bowl, which if anyone can't tell who's not seeing this, we have somebody who has a vetting interest in this upcoming Super Bowl as well, too, which we'll talk a lot about that and a lot going on on the hardwood and maybe a rant, a ranking, or a ramble at the end of it as well, too. So we got a lot to talk about. Before we get into that, we're going to go into our first segment, also known as the tip-off. And LCR tip-off is a bunch of our good friends over at RexMD and We could spend a whole time explaining it to you, but, you know, we'll go and let the experts explain exactly what RexMD can do for you.
0: Fellas, do you sometimes need a little help in the bedroom? Valentine's Day is just around the corner, and our sponsors at RexMD are here to help you make this the best night of your life. Erectile dysfunction is a common medical issue that over 30 million men in the U.S. tackle every day. We've all had those nights where we get too nervous and just need a little help. The doctors at RexMD will evaluate you online, no office visit needed, and ship medication directly to your door before the big day. With RexMD, they're here to help and provide you with real FDA-approved medications at the best price. Act now to take advantage of their Valentine's Day deal by heading to RexMD.com slash bellyup. Our exclusive deal will save you up to 90% off where you'll pay as low as $2 per dose on generic Viagra instead of 90 plus dollars on Viagra. That's RexMD slash BellyUp. For 90% off, your partner will thank you.
1: And, of course, as we saw there, get yourself a nice little discount using code BellyUpSports. And for our <laughs> opening segment, which is well brought to you by RexMD, we're going to take things to the heart <clears throat> to talk a little basketball. And we're before we get into Kyrie giving the shaft to another team, we're going to talk about – Nice,
0: well,
1: new, he, he got it as well. Too, we're going to talk to the king of the mountain as well. Too, we're going to go with LeBron James breaking the all time scoring record, passing Kareem with 38 points, passing with 10 seconds left to go in the third quarter as well. And we're just going to go ahead and go right out, right out of the gate for it. what were your initial impressions, Garrett Jared? As the guest of honor, you can go ahead and go first. Well, as, everyone as knows the we LeBron the most.
3: Me and my hmm. my former co host Kevin it, drive the LeBron hatred bandwagon. It's the one thing me and Skip Bayless actually agree on. Um, I look, see, the thing is, I appreciate LeBron's talent. I used to love LeBron back when he was in Miami. My biggest issue with LeBron James, whether it's the, the whole stuff with you know him, his hypocrisy with the whole China thing, whatever, I'm not gonna get into politics. It's not my, it's not your, it's not my show. My biggest issue is the whole LeBron's the GO thing. I am a devout Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant follower. I idolize them from my from when I was a little kid. They're the only guy I hold above them is Kevin Garnett best because he played for my favorite team. When I look at LeBron, the the media attention, the fact he's been the chosen one, it's great. Congratulations, you passed Kareem. It just took you eighteen fucking seasons to do it. That's my problem. It's like great. It took you for – it's like Drew Brees passing whoever the hell he passed for the passing yards record. He was playing football since I was in kindergarten. Great. I'm three years out of college, and you beat the record. Good job, Drew. It's like it it, at a certain point, I appreciate LeBron all time. I think he's a top five, top three player of all time. There's no question about that. The problem is I looked at a stat – I looked at this whole display thing today. showed all the trophies Jordan's won, all the trophies LeBron's won. By age 38 Jordan's trophy case. A lot nicer. A lot less finals losses. Two three peats. And, and listen, no disrespect. Listen, LeBron is one of the greatest athletes to ever walk this earth. Say what you will about his off whatever. I his off field personality, whatever. On the court, one of the best players of all time. Will he, is he better than Jordan? No. Is he better than Kobe? Yeah. A little bit over, you know. He got he um Listen, he had better players around him, but more a uh, more he, his his ability lended himself to getting better teammates, but also uh, led to a longer career. So he's a better player. That's the one of the very few times you'll hear me say that because I obviously prefer Kobe for you know obvious reasons. Um, but it, it's it's a it's a good. It's you know, congrats to LeBron. He passed the greatest scorer in NBA history in Kareem, who I still think is a better player all the time than LeBron is because he did in less seasons. I don't know. I just, at this point, my acts to with LeBron is clear. It's a great, listen, it's a great achievement. Congratulations on probably being a first-round exit in the playoffs if you even make it for, like, the whatever season it is in L.A. The only time you were ever relevant since you left Cleveland was the Mickey Mouse year. So, yeah, good job, LeBron. Here's your Here's your gold star. What is it? What is it from Spongebob? The Good Noodle Star? Yeah, you get one of those. Good job.
2: I, I, I'm going to go ahead and say uh, this little little tidbit because you, you keep complaining about LeBron doing it in 18 years. Uh, Kobe played 20 years, and then you take take Kareem. He had a 19-year career as well. LeBron's sitting at, 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 at season 18 doing all of this. Uh, better players. Kobe definitely had the better players to ever play with in his career. No doubt about that one. There's no question in the world who had the better players. Pau Gasol. Carl Malone, Gary Payton, uh, you know Shaq. Like just Shaq alone is a Chris Bosh, good...
3: Dwayne Wade. Okay, I'll give you Shaq, Chris Bosh, Dwayne Way. Carl Malone was also basically in a retirement home when he played.
2: Steve Nash, Dwight Howard, not not neither in a retirement. Dwight home.
3: Howard basically been bullied in some. Lamar Odom Kobe. at his
2: peak. Uh, okay, I'll Barrett give you that. Cox one. At his peak, I mean, you know, Harper at his peak. Like, take your pick here of great Listen, Lakers. I'm admitting LeBron's they're, better. They're, you they're, Hmm. Well, I just—I'm just—you I just, know—picking, you know, pick picking points here. But I—I I, I will say this about—I will say this about LeBron. And it, it's if, if you're going to take—if you're going to take anything away from him, probably the only thing you can take away from him is off the court. On the court, he's done everything right. He's been the only player in my career that, or in my time watching, that I could ever say made the right play every time. He didn't even make the play. Like, did the did the ball go in the back back of the net? Nah, well, that's a different conversation. But did he make the right play every single time in crunch time? Yeah. Does he also have one of the most one of the highest crunch time career points? Yeah, only behind Kobe. Does he have the most points in playoff history? Yeah. Does he have, you know, the most clutch time points of all time? Yes, by about oh, 800 different points. So, LeBron as, a, as a, uh, deserves uh, you know, say what you will, but look I have been a LeBron hater for a long time. I will say LeBron congratulations because this is an incredible record. It's not easy to get there. As we've seen with plenty of players not even coming close to sniffing a top ten, even though they are great scorers at the time, because it takes just more than just being a good scorer. It takes being actually a smart player too, actually understanding basketball. And I think that's what differentiates LeBron from a lot of different players. And you know, yeah, say what you will about the the, the greatness here. I don't. I'm not getting in that conversation of who's the goat between him and MJ because that's just speculation at this point in time. You can't really compare the two. They're completely different players. So I'm gonna give LeBron his his due. Um, he is still number two in my book. But that's just because there's no, there's no other player that did as has done as much as him and MJ across the board. I mean, if you unless you want to say Bill Russell, in which case I'll tell you he played he, he put on a bunch of white guys who couldn't jump over six inches. So you know, I
3: watched it. Bill Russell hurdle somebody in college in the middle of the court. So you know, yeah. in like hey, he's World a, World. he was
2: a, he was all time great athlete at his time. But he would was he a great dude would have been a great athlete now. But it's he'd like be, you know, he'd be a Jamario Moon now.
3: Yeah, he would be a true. Jamario Moon like Trevor Ariza like in his younger years. Yeah. Just like at, like bouncing over people, but you know.
0: Yeah.
2: Hell. But no, no, LeBron get, I mean, hey, you got to get, get the guy credit at this point.
0: RIP yeah. to Bill Russell. 18
2: man, years man. of 18 years of success at this point.
1: Absolutely. I kind of agree with you. The GOAT debate with him, it's always subjective as well, too. In my personal opinion, he might be the best player. That I, is just the ability to well round and do everything. Greatest of all time. Different conversation because that's where you get into hardware and more eye tests and that sort of thing too. Like when you mention you compare hardware, it's like, damn, that that one trophy case looks a little bit nicer, a little bit. But when I see the ability to score the basketball, rebound, assist, twenty third playing defense before you know, before the last four years, like Miami, LeBron when he yeah. played defense and played in the post absolutely unstoppable force of nature shooting 40 from three and 80 from the free throw line. That was one of the best, that was the best player I've still ever seen was 2013 Miami. So we won't get too far into the weeds on that, but I do think we're kind of on the same page. Great job, great record, but looking ahead now that this part's behind you, you are the 13th seed in the West. We, we got to crank that up going now. You got, you, yeah. Yeah. You you you, you you rest.
2: No, just, just, but, just go, just, just go retire. It's okay. I mean, I, I, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm, I think he's just kind of keeping it, keeping it afloat until his sons gets in the, in the league. I think at this point in time, it's not much longer. I mean, what, two seasons for Bronny and four seasons for... I, hope, I really hope for the kid's sake, he's
3: actually as good as advertised.
2: I think Bronny's going to be a great, like, tool player. Like, he's going to be a great, like, hey, I can shoot and I can play D. And I think that's what he's going to be best at. I don't think he's going to be, a you know, an all-time great. Well, it's going to be a better situation than Marcus Jordan ever ever had a chance. Oh my to, god, to, that to poor know. kid was screwed from the get go. Yeah, you know, oh man. well, he also wanted to sell sell his dad's shoes instead of go to school, go to class. So I mean, there's that as well. Listen,
3: the trophy room is one of the sickest sneaker sneaker sh- short sh- uh, sneaker stores in the country. I've like it's on my bucket list to go there as a sneaker head is to go visit. Oh, it's, the, it's the, sick. The trophy
2: room, yeah. It's <laughs> it's one of the sickest places I've ever been. But I will say this, like. He goes to UCF and, and forces UCF to change their their sponsor from Adidas to Jordan. So that tells you, like, he wouldn't play for UCF until they changed their sponsor for from from hey, Adidas listen, to Jordan.
3: Adidas sucks, so it's okay.
1: <sighs>
3: I'm not going to disagree, but hey, listen, I, I, my favorite college is an Adidas school, and I still it it, oh, dr- awesome. it it grinds my gears because it's always been a Nike school. Fucking Donna Shalala sold us out. Um, anyway, it's a nice contract though
0: hopefully it ends you know what? Ar- Ar-
1: Ar- has his own axis he's cracking these days as well, too. But I'm not going to dig too far into that one. I'm going to leave that one be. But with LeBron, the only question is he's played for so many teams mm-hmm. and been so great. Which one's going to erect a statue out in front? We'll have to wait and see. Speaking of erect, check out Rex and detail health for men. Now we're going to get into the Kyrie Irving, as we mentioned earlier as well, too. Kyrie Irving giving the shaft to the Nets at heading over to the Mavericks now in a trade earlier this week, joining Luka Doncic as well, too. So we're going to see. One of the best offensive backcourts, but one of the worst defensive backcourts probably in the league as he joins the Mavs as well, too. Didn't give up a whole lot either. Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, and some late second-round picks, it looks like, as well, too. So, Kelsey, I want to roll this one right to you because as the resident Luka Doncic fan of the, of the group as well, too, what are your thoughts? Man. Do you think this catapults the catapults the Mavs uh, maybe into title contention, or do you think they're just going to be fun and high-flying but probably not going far? You mean the one that has been bitten so much by, by saying Luka's just not that great
2: yet? And, and multiple times, and then he's just continued to just shit on me. Yeah, that, that's a great.
1: Be, great. I was going to let that bagons be bagons, but you know, 3 no, is yeah. The...
2: Unfortunately, yeah. Um. So yeah, like, no. I, I I will say this about Kyrie. I, I think if Kyrie could learn to play off ball, I, I think he'd be a fantastic. This is going to be a fantastic matchup with him and with him and Luca. Does Kyrie know how to play off ball? Unless it's against, against it's with LeBron, no. Did he even enjoy playing off ball with LeBron? No. So. Uh, yeah, Luca is going to be one of those things that's going to be very interesting to see uh, what it comes down to between those two. I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see two 30-point scorers day in and day out in this team, and then everybody else get kind of pitching in 10, because that's really the quality of secondary player for most of the squad. I mean, you got Christian Wood, and then you've got Tim Hardaway Jr. And at that point in time, like, how much are you really getting out of those two? Maybe a couple threes here and there. But don't worry, Luca's going to jack up 10 different threes from the stupidest step-back angles in the world, and still hit five of them, and you know, I'll jump
1: in, and inch off the ground somehow.
2: Yeah, like so. Yeah, Luca, Luca's going to be fine. I think Kyrie's going to be the big learning experience here. One of them's going to have to play defense. I mean, Luca's not a slump at defense. Kyrie also can be a not slump at defense. Um I haven't seen it in a while. It's been since <laughs> since Bo- early Boston. So uh, we'll see if he can even pull it out of the bag anymore. But yeah, I, I mean. I think there's some, some learning experience here for the Mavs, but I think either this is going to be the best offensive team we've ever seen and they're going to score 140 every night because they have to or they're going to get kind of blown out of the door, blown out of the water here um, because they can't play defense against anybody.
1: So you're saying they're the central time zone Nets, basically. You went from the Eastern Nets no, to the, the Nets, Central. No,
2: the Nets are in a better situation since then. They they just <laughs> got rid of a, a piece to Sacramento for, for cash to open up a, a roster spot now. So they're going after somebody after all this. It's gonna help out KD after all. Well, that. We got so three go. weeks
3: to the deadline. Yeah, the deadline.
2: so two weeks two weeks. Yeah, next
3: Apparently, my team's oh, trading it's... D'Angelo Russell now. So that just came out of nowhere. But okay. But yeah. So look. I mean,
2: look, I, I I look at I think I think when you look at it, the the Nets are Nets are kind of like or the uh, the Mavs it might turn into what the Grizzlies are right now. Oof, nice. That's off. almost
3: like that's a perfect segue. Um, <laughs> I'll make this quick because honestly. Basketball is like my fourth fourth or fifth NBA is like my fourth or fifth sport. But here's the thing. I try to keep up as much as possible. And my biggest thing about this trade was, can Kyrie play off ball? He's proven his entire career he can't do that. Even when Bron, he was playing with Braun, he definitely struggled to do it. He could do it. It's a matter of this point in his career if he's willing to let his ego aside to let Luka handle the ball and just become an absolutely deadly scorer off, off ball, which I think he can. It's just a matter of if he wants to. So, I don't know. It's. I think the Mavs are going to be just another five, six seed, maybe knock an a, a overrated two or three seed out. Uh, the West is so weird this year. So I, I don't know how to make any sense of it at this point.
1: It, it's an I absolute have mess. A chance. Ironically, I'm gonna have the twist on it. I wonder if Luca could play off ball because he's never really played off ball since he entered the NBA. Oh, he's, he's had definitely
3: that. he could be like that, like almost like a who is it, Who's the, the off ball? The Joe Harris off ball, banging 3s
1: you We're not gonna throw any alley oops to Luca. That's for sure. You got to get at least four inches off the ground to be throwing alley oops to him. So it, we'll see how yeah, he, he can get do with six spot. inches off the ground occasionally. Not with his hurt ankle, he can't. Not when it's hurt like, like it is right now. Let's be honest; the guy kind
2: of pretty much always has a hurt ankle, so. It's, it's it's like it's like LeBron's hurt back.
1: That's because he doesn't get all the way up the ground. And he keeps rolling his ankle because he keeps landing on well, the side. Of it know, because he can't get all LeBron's the way up. LeBron's
3: back's been from carrying his ego for 18 years. That kind of tracks.
1: Speaking of ego, that's, that's right? a great way to transition to our next one. Where the quick one we're gonna make here is the Memphis Grizzlies. Since John Morant basically saying we got the I'm not worried about the West. We got the West. Well, they've lost eight in a row. Basically, if I'm not mistaken, they've they've fallen from everybody's favor to everybody's. What the hell's going on? Along with John Morant and uh, some accusations coming out of Indiana as well too, with some lasers, we won't get too far into those weeds. Jaron Jackson seems to be the only thing holding it together with his defense, while Dylan Brooks is fighting TV personalities on the sideline as well. Gentlemen, the Grizzlies' too. It we're not that's a whole other mess. Be, but are the Grizzlies can they rally? Can they get back to it? or Are we about to see an extinction of the Bears? Well, it's um, as
3: the a fan of the last team they beat in the playoff series. The only two things that were that fe- I feared were Jaron Jackson's defense and John Morant's freakish scoring ability. I think Dylan Brooks is a wannabe Draymond Green with the stupidest hairstyle I've ever seen him. I, I listen, I get the braids, man, I do. It's it's a good hairstyle if you can rock it. What the hell? It looks like an antennas on his fucking head. Either way, um, I just he he looks like a clown to me when he's out here trying to fight TV personalities. Like, listen. If you are really getting into it with Shannon Sharp, who by the way looks like the Hulk when he's like in that fucking cardigan, right? He looks like an absolute unit. Why are you trying to start shit? Why, what what I like I just I think the Grizzlies got so far ahead of themselves because they made so much noise in last year's playoffs, whereas now they're starting to realize, "Oh my god, this is not a sprint, it's a marathon." We caught everyone by surprise. Now everyone knows who we are. Now we got a problem. And I think it's starting to come to light that like the Grizzlies, besides Jaw, don't have an elite scorer and their dirty, cheap defense that they that they they, they roll with. Refs are starting to catch on to. I don't I, I think the Grizzlies shtick is kind of wearing thin. And I think if they want to contend, they're going to have to make a move. I think they gotta get rid of Dylan Brooks. I don't see he's 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 almost, I still think he's more of a distraction than Jaws' little laser pointer thing. The fact that they said, Oh, that's got to be a gun. Dude, it literally could have been like one of the guys pointing a fucking flashlight at him with a laser in the middle of it. Like, you can borrow those at Harvest for 15, for five, ten 10 bucks, whatever it is, right? I, it doesn't always have to be attached to a rifle or a submachine gun or something like that, right? But, or a freaking pistol, doesn't matter. But, I, this whole thing about a team that, wh- what are they in the West right now? Like, Seventh, eighth, second. Second. second, Oh, they're still second? Okay. So I don't second, I haven't checked getting
2: marked. Yeah. 33 wins right now, still second.
3: Okay. So you know what? I, I too take that league list. And they're still doing it, but let's see how long this shtick lasts when they gotta go in the playoffs and actually go to an opposing team's fan base. And I mean it's against the freaking Pacers who haven't had a good who haven't had a really good season in a very long time or a noteworthy good season in a really long time. So I I just it's all this needless publicity around a team who's trying to be like the gritty, the bull. Like I, I miss the Zevo Grizzlies, man. The Marcus All Zeebo Grizzlies, which they beat the hell out of you on the court, but there wasn't all this bullshit on the sidelines. I don't, I don't. Just it, to me, it's a little just like yeah. Jesus.
2: I hated those. I hated those Grizzlies because Tony Allen was such a little late Tony Allen, dude, late Tony Allen. Best Early Tony the Allen, best Allen was a, was the a
3: best ever.
2: Early Tony Allen was that dude. Late Tony Allen was, he is he is Patrick Beverly. It was late Tony Allen.
3: Mister, celebrates like he just won the Super Bowl after he wins a win a playing game. Uh, yeah,
2: yeah, he beats the Kings for the first time ever. And no, celebrates. it was the uh, Clippers. I had sarcasm, but yeah, no, I'll say this about the Grizzlies. Uh, look, uh, when when you have a guy named Santi Almeida giving you your fourth best point scoring uh, out there, and and you don't have a Stephen Adams out there to impact anybody you're losing a whole lot. Jaron Jackson is not going to be the guy that is going to hold down the defense in the middle of the uh, middle of the court ever. Uh We all, we, he does the best. His, his best defense is coming in as a, as a help defender uh, Desmond Bain. You got to give the guy credit. He's been the, really their most consistent scorer all season long. When, especially with John Morant in and out of the lineup, Desmond Bain has been giving you at least 20 a night. out oh, for the most part. Uh, but Dylan Brooks, who was the number two option until this season. Well, until really the playoffs last year. Uh, he is just absolutely not showed up scoring eight, nine points a night. Like if you look at betting odds for him to score over 10, it's plus 200 odds for him to score over 10 points on, in a night. And not, he won't give you assists. He won't give you, he won't give you rebounds. He won't give you any of that. And so you just like, what do you, what good are you doing this team? Even Draymond can give you rebounds and assists, but you know, like Dylan Brooks is, 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 is kind of the detriment here. Steven Adams, obviously being not healthy is definitely definitely hurtful uh, and by the way the trade deadline is tomorrow so if they can't figure it out let figure out a deal by tomorrow for a big they're probably out of luck as far as getting something going um in the meantime they did just win a game last night against the bulls but we'll have to wait and see how that turns out um you know there's still two and eight in the last 10 so it's still going to be a struggle to say the least but yeah uh, john Morant coming in and out of the lineup desmond bain if they can just keep scoring it'll be fine just Somebody needs to get out there to help Jaron Jackson, whether it's Xavier Tillman or somebody else. Somebody needs to help Jaron Jackson defensively.
1: By the way, breaking, somebody's off the move here. I think that's what you're going with, Jared.
3: Break, uh, breaking news, actually. Um, three-team trade just got announced. Uh, the Lakers will receive D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt, all three Timberwolves formerly Two currently were on the Jazz. The Eagles uh, – Eagles, wow, oh, Jesus Christ. I'm thinking about Super Bowl too much. My Timberwolves will receive Mike Conley. Interesting. Nikhil Alexander-Walker. And a second round pick, and the Utah Jazz will receive Russell Westbrook, Toscano Anderson, Damian Jones, and a first round pick.
1: Interesting. All right. And Russell Westbrook's Russ goes
3: to Utah.
2: Anybody else is laughing at this irony after his uh, run-ins at Utah? Yes, I mean, but I will say this about Utah fans: the Utah fans are great to their own players. They are terrible. Terrible, uh, terrible to to to, to incoming fans.
3: I mean, I would have loved there. to gotten Russell in in Minnesota. I know we're gonna not. We're at best we're gonna be an eight or seven seed again this year. But it's like shit, man. Russell, uh, Russell Westbrook with uh, Anthony Edwards from the perimeter would be fun as hell
1: but He might happen because I don't think the Jazz are going to keep him. There's rumors that if he did get traded, they were going to buy him out. So maybe he does just end up walking free and he can join too. You, you never know. But yeah, we already have one. Aging I, don't point think, guard I don't think I don't think the Jazz just-
2: need need Colin Sexton and Russell Westbrook on the same team. Yeah, I know that- we
3: don't we don't need two aging point guards. We already have Mike Conley. I mean, I always loved Mike Conley. So like, this is kind of cool. It's kind of like you know when you are like when my backs are like Adam Jones at the end of his career. I was like, I, I always love this guy. It's kind of cool he gets to play for my team for one year.
1: It's just not quite, not quite what you were hoping for, though. Listen,
3: anything is better than the ghost of Jeff Teague after Jimmy Butler left, okay? R.I.P. That's fair. That's
1: fair. All right. By the way, and I miss Jimmy, Jimmy
2: Butler on my wolf so much. He was like – "You mean <sighs> Hold on. You mean Jimmy Butler who walked into practice and said, I'll take the backups <laughs> because and wiped the, wipe <sighs> the floor those with Cat, Andrew Wiggins, and everybody else?
3: understands that Cat and Wiggins were soft as melted cheese? They're still
2: soft as melted shit.
3: Oh, Cat is still soft. Why do you think I'm an Anthony Edwards guy? Because that dude's Anthony a down.
2: Edwards. Here's the problem with Anthony Edwards, though. There's a giant Rudy Gobert standing in the way. I know. They're working <laughs> on it. They're still winning games somehow. They got Yeah,
3: they're working kicked. on it in eight They got their ass kicked last night. But like honestly, I've watched five Timberwolves games this year that I've been able to get a hold of. And from the ones I've watched, I watched, November, the one I watched now. The ball movement is better. Gobert and Edwards are working better together. It's it's not perfect, but it's better than it was in November. It's improving. I knew this was going to be an experiment when they got Gobert. Now, if Carl anthony Towns is back in mental mental health and his marriage to whatever that Ky- the Kylie Jenner adjacent that he dates f- fixes itself, we might actually have a decent ball club. Yeah, I think Jay Young. was was Jordan Woods. Whatever. I mean, the dude's too concerned about his freaking pro. I stopped following him on Instagram because he's too busy about posting his pregame outfits than he's about actually getting back on the court to
2: play. It's okay. It's Anthony Edwards' team anyway. Now, dude, you lost. To it. be fair, to be fair, they're, they're still ninth in the in the West. So
3: I don't mean shit. We'll be back.
2: And <laughs> we'll be back in the in the tie play we'll be in back.
3: tournament. Let's go. Hey, listen.
2: That we'll, we're still in it. you gotta, all good. Got to watch out for that Russell Westbrook Jazz team to come and take. That yeah,
3: game. Russell Westbrook who plays who who goes full Andre Iguodala. Oh my god, oh fucking god. Bad. NBA basketball! We saw football for one more like five more days, guys. Let's talk about it.
1: <laughs> I can't. I hope we get a Kings and a Timberwolves matchup so I can just so we can just live stream. Okay. Each that's all I want. That, that's hey, all I want. Kelsey see likes again.
3: all these Central California teams for like half his
1: sports.
2: Yeah,
3: that
1: could. Yeah, pretty much, but all right, that'll do it for Corsair. Now we're going to head into the main event. The main event, of course, brought to you by our good friends over at Manscaped. Use code Sports to get yourself 20% off at checkout. In case you haven't recently read the latest episode of the Manscaped Times, shave yourself, arrival prompts pube demonium. So at any time, take care of your pair. Go ahead and stop by Manscaped. Use code Sports. get yourself something, keep yourself nice and tidy. They got everything from beard trimmers, downstairs trimmers, ear trimmers, deodorant, shampoo, body wash, everything you could need. To make sure you take care of your pair and look your absolute best for that special someone in your life. I know Kelsey, you say you are a big fan of the crop duster as well, too, to make sure no extra smells seeps out when people when you're around other people.
2: Crop preserver, crop preserver. Crop preserver.
1: This new beard it, it, trimmer, I can't wait till
3: it comes in. I'm actually ecstatic for that shit. Freaking twenty settings. Are you kidding me? For a man with a lot of facial hair that gets about as thick as thorn bushes, like dude, I'm telling you right now, I'm ecstatic for that. I Because like
2: there, let me tell you. Yeah, there
3: you go. Kelsey, <laughs> as, I feel as, like you, nice little, Kelsey, there's you, there's nice nice you can shine. rock like a
2: decent goatee, I think. Uh uh-uh. uh It doesn't connect. It's awful. You know, no, I'm talking it's like a Tony Stark. It's, it's patchy.
3: A little L- no, chin it's music and a mustache. T- a Tony Stark nope. I feel like you could rock that.
2: Nope.
3: Well, I mean, listen, boy. I'm not, I'm not trimming my beard down until about April. Literally, I'm just gonna like keep the sides trim with my with the sides of my head. I want my beard to go straight down because you know. It's the, it's the uh, post-NFL
2: March Madness beard that I grow every year. I could do the Travis Kelsey. That's probably what I could do. That's what I, I did for I could I couldn't time. make it look that good.
1: Yeah, to be fair, not very many people can match Travis Kelsey. But you can always do your best by using some of the equipment at Manscaped as well, too. So code, use code Sports and get yourself as groomed as you possibly can be. And, well, for the main event today, you can see we have ourselves a designated Eagles fan. So we're going to be talking quite a bit of Super Bowl here. And, Kelsey, last time we did this for the NBA Finals, we had a little head-to-head action, too, to see who was going to walk away with the advantage. This time, Kelsey has to be the judge, jury, and executioner, and because Kansas City podcasts were very hard to get a hold of, they decided the ghost a lot, minus one, who couldn't make it on time frame. So, Kansas City Chiefs fans, thanks a lot for that. We appreciate you tuning in and showing out for us. So, I will be representing the Chiefs today, as Kelsey will be the judge. And, Jared, now we'll go head-to-head to see who has the advantage going into this Super Sunday. So, Kelsey, the floor is yours, my sir.
2: Wow. Yeah, That's a... Uh... Talk about a heck of an intro, man. It's judge, jury, and executioner. That means I get to make fun of the Eagles as much as I want. Jared, you got to Roger Goodell it. out here? What the hell? Uh, actually, you know what? That's going to be a $25,000 fine. So that I'll take that in uh, ones, pennies, and hundreds, please, and thank you. Uh, gonna but no, so
3: we're going to any stock jokes, strip club jokes. You got to give you something here.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to you, give you it all. I'm going to give you it all. Give you an opportunity for everything. But no, uh, so we're going to pick topics here. We're going to pick a position group. And you guys are going to give me a reason why your team, as Jared has the Eagles, DJ with the Chiefs, why your team has the advantage in each position. And I'm going to just, you know, based off of how you give the argument, I'm going to be, be pretty observant, you know, pretty, pretty fair in this one. I'm not going to completely hate on the Eagles just because I can. Uh, so I'm going to be as fair as possible here. And mm-hmm. I, I really just couldn't imagine the ego of either one of you winning. So maybe I'm just going to make it a tie and nobody wins. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But all right, guys, we're going to get started, and we're going to go with the quarterback advantage for this one. And you know what? As the new guy, as the guest of the show, Jared, you get to take the opportunity to argue your point first. Okay,
3: so I'm not going to ignore the fact that Patrick Mahomes may be one of the most talented quarterbacks of our generation, but there is an issue that is lingering thanks to some second string interior pass rusher on the Jacksonville Jaguars. This man's got a bum ankle. I watched him limp after that run against the... Listen, Mahomes earned a little respect from me that day. He annoys the hell out of me sometimes. But listen, that gutsy run to get the first down where he got knocked out of bounds, he was limping. Apparently, Andy Reese says he's doing okay. And that's great. I think if there's ever going to be a case for if the Eagles... Listen, Jalen Hurts could... Will never, I think, arm talent-wise catch up to Mahomes but as a leader and a quarterback in the room and as a runner that's where he takes the advantage where he he can actually make cuz like that, that we saw when the Eagles lost to the Saints and the uh, and the Cowboys the absence of Jalen Hurts in the huddle was so much more important than his actual play. Now, when we watched Mahomes come out, Chad Henney walked it, walked down the yard field for 99 yards, 98 yards. Now, I am not
0: by any stretch
3: saying Chad Henny's even close to Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes may be one of the greatest quarterbacks I've ever watched in my life, talent-wise. But Jalen Hurts' advantage is his one, his running ability, his ability, the fact that like guys like Chris Jones and I think I think Frank Clark's the edge rusher or not. I can't remember. They, they rotate guys in Carl Loftus. They have to respect that not every zone reads gonna be a pull. He may hand it to Miles or Kenny Gainwell. Or he may pull it himself, or pull reading quick snap to AJ Brown or Devontae Smith or Dallas Goddard. It's Hertz's versatility that makes him dangerous. Yes, Patrick Holmes has a freaking howitzer on his shoulder and can improvise, but that improvising is going to be a little scary because of that ankle. And you know the Eagles do have a decent position group on the other side of that offense on that defensive line. So, I if there was a advantage for Hertz. It is his in his mobility and his leadership and his, I guess, camaraderie with his
2: team. All right. All right. So, DJ, you heard what Jared had to say. What is uh, what is your case for Patrick Mahomes?
1: Keep mine quick and easy. We're going to go with the letters M, the letters V, and the letters P. And in case anyone can't see, that is MVP right there. As we have Patrick Mahomes, the leader for all-time yards in a season. Cons- he was close to Drew Reese's passing record, but added a nice little rushing bit to it as well, too. He clear him, led the league in touchdown passes on a bum ankle. He threw for 300 yards on Cincinnati's defense, which just got done putting the clamps on Josh Allen about seven days ago as well. Too, he put up 300 on Jacksonville with half a leg. He's still sensational. His and he has he hasn't had been exceptional in Super Bowls. I think that's going to add another. He's still going to be able to have that chip on the shoulder going into this game. Is he hasn't had an exceptional Super Bowl game. So I think that's a little added motivation going into it as well. And. In his first Super Bowl against the Niners, that was a pretty good pass rush, too, and he diced them up in the second half. So, in this case, J- Jalen Hurts is awesome. No one's going to take anything away from him. I, the only thing I hate is that all the ladies think he's attractive, and it's t- I'm tired of hearing people swoon over him. But Patrick Mahomes in this one, the best he's
0: him, he's the handsome game.
1: gentleman. It's unfair. It's not – especially considering you see him in Alabama, you're like, all right, pretty handsome guy. Then you see him go to Oklahoma in the NFL, and it's like, why? You don't need to be that handsome. But Patrick Mahomes in this one, straight away – Best quarterback in the game continues to prove it. I think he still has a chip on his shoulder going into this game to have that statement Super Bowl. And he's playing he's playing at the highest level he's played in his career right now. And that's even with the bum ankle, which he looked pretty good last week on a bum ankle. So now you're giving me two weeks now. And Jalen Hurts, he's a little banged up still too, as well, too. Not nearly as bad, but he's not quite he's not quite a hundred percent. He's about ninety five percent. So give me give me Patrick Mahomes, the MVP.
2: All right, Um, and I just want to add, yeah, that shoulder injury for Jalen Hurts, he is still saying he is not 100% as well. Both quarterbacks, not 100%, but, I mean, for both of them at 80%, I'm going to take him over anybody else. Uh, I do want to say that as a quarterback by itself, I got to give the edge to Mahomes. As DJ mentioned, it is there. Uh, But, Jared, you did make some great points for Jalen's, you know, dynamic hybrid ability. Uh, But I think, you know, that's going to be kind of more of a, down yeah we'll we'll have to see how he how his shoulder is on that one so i'm for right now i'm gonna go dj gives the edge here with the quarterback advantage but i imagine there's a few categories in here as you even alluded to jared that uh that the eagles might just walk away with on this one so
3: okay so um, we're gonna say one thing two best quarterbacks in league this year playing each other super bowl that's kind of cool right we haven't had like we don't get that you a lot the two best quarterbacks in this league this year are playing each other at least performance yeah, it's wise.
2: Just, it's insane. It's insane. I mean, really, it is actually probably probably one of the best leading up to Super Bowls we've had as far as oh the God. championship it's, matchups and the Super the Bowl. The weight match-ups is and killing stuff.
3: me. Okay. Everyone I have everybody in their mother who knows me asking, Hey, how are you feeling? Are you ready for the game? Even the cashier at my liquor store who knows I'm an Eagles fan literally goes, How are you feeling? I'm like, I don't want to fucking talk I just want this game to happen already. This, this is, is just so, so much us. longer. This is so this- much longer than 2017. I don't like 2017 flew by. This is like like
2: that's because you that's you had Nick Foles, and you're just like, I'm ready for this to be over. I don't care anymore.
3: <laughs> no, I think I was just ready for the suicide bombing that was this fucking game. I was not ready for this.
1: We got to backtrack real quick before we go on to the next topic. The cashier at my liquor store, who knows me by name, knows that I'm an Eagles fan. That is the best. Sense they know you. That door evening.
3: to my gym and my and the food store I go to. It's it, it's I, uh, I love it. it. Also, it's my my also my best friend worked at the liquor store for like years. So they know me there because of him. So, I like my I'm version better.
1: I like my version. If, but either way, that's that's just. If that's I lived the, in,
2: if I lived in a place for longer than three years consecutively, I'd probably have a liquor store that knew me by name as well. So I've
3: lived there. For, I lived in this town for twenty-five years. Okay, I need to get the hell out of here.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna move Move on. We're gonna head into the other side of the backfield here. We're gonna go to the running back advantage here. And Jared, I know you got you. You, you know, you just lost that one, so I'm not gonna make you go first here. DJ, you have a chance to defend this Chiefs.
1: I don't know. Can we call them running backs? What are we going to call
2: these, these Chiefs uh, backfield players here?
1: Short gonna fast boys. Them, we're going to call them playmakers. That's what we're going to call them. We got oh Jared McKinnon with nine receiving touchdowns since he started playing as well, too. And continue, every time they get in the red zone, all eyes go on him. This is kind of shocking to say when you have Travis Kelce on the field, but all eyes have locked in on him. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who will be actually healthy for this game as well, too. We know what he can provide. It granted in short bursts, but when he does go out there, he does make a name as well, too, both as a receiver and a runner. Ronald Jones, everybody's favorite running back in Madden because he has the ability to hit a home run with a 98-yard run Not at some point last year against Carolina as well, too. They got a stable of playmaking running backs as well, too. They're not your traditional hammer at home. You don't got Prime Zeke. You don't got Todd Gurley. You don't got Jonathan Taylor. Nothing like that back there but they all play a very unique role in an offense that is centered around the quarterback tight end combo. And they find a way to get open. And anytime the chiefs have had to run the ball, do you ever remember them not being able to really run the ball? Like more often than not, they find a way to get it done. It's not, they're not giving you a buck 50 a game. It's not last year's Colts or anything like that, or not like what the Eagles tend to do as a collective unit. They don't rush for 150 when they need to run the ball. They find a way to get it done with it. Whoever they plug in play back there. I didn't even mention Isaiah Pacheco because I had, I couldn't remember his last name for a second. Has been an absolute stud as a seventh round pick and is arguably the leading ke- leading power back of the team as well too. So underrated running back group for the Chiefs and I think is part of the reason they're here. In addition to Patrick Mahomes being that guy, so I don't I like the Chiefs running backs. I think they are very underrated, especially as playmakers. If you don't think of him as Ohio State Ezekiel Elliott, just think of him as playmakers out of the backfield.
2: Okay, all right. So you're going with the playmaker route here for your running backs. Uh, now, Jared, I imagine you might have something to say about some playmakers in the backfield here uh, for your running back advantage. Go ahead and give us why the Eagles okay, have the running so back Okay, so this
3: advantage. knows in respect to Rojo because I loved him when he was a he was a home run hitter in Tampa in that one year he was decent um, and his time over at USC. I completely forgot he was on the Chiefs. Um, cause like, like the chiefs running backs after they do something good in the postseason, they tend to just disappear. Edward Tolaire, Damian Williams, Darrell Williams, some other running back named Williams. It doesn't matter. The Eagles have a running back in Miles Sanders. Who's not only playing for a contract, but playing to prove that he was the better Penn State running back. Then you also have this skinny dude out of Memphis named Kenny Gainwell, who somehow is related to Fletcher Cox, one of the scariest human beings on the Eagles roster. And yeah, the dude ran for a thousand, ran for one hundred and fourteen yards on that vaunted Giants defense. Oh, um, and also, you know, they ran for a collective what, like a buck forty on the best defense in football last week. I-, I mean, listen, Boston Scott can also just murk you too. It's it. They're they're a bunch of misfit running backs, but they just I think are motivated by a single singular hatred of whoever tries to tackle them. It's like this perfect combination of like, there's no, it's not like where like in New York, you have your a plus back. Sanders is a B plus 85 overall in Madden. He's going to get you a thousand yards in the season running back Gainwell and Boston Scott are perfect change of pace guys who can still butcher you with the, by themselves in a one game scenario. And I mean, I could throw out the freaking the home run here. Our quarterback can also bust you for 80. If he really wants to, it's, it's, that's the problem. It's the Eagles have so much. Oh, we also have this one guy named Trace Thurman, second round pick, who we can put in when we need a real guy to punch in the four yards. It's, He's you know, it's, it's, team. Stable, team.
1: Baby.
3: He, yeah. Uh, listen, little Nasdaqs move over. Uh, Nick's got horses <laughs> in the back. These guys are right to roll. Best run right. attack in football.
2: Uh, right. and you know what? That's exactly right. Um, look, Jared, it gets the point on this one because this is the best running game in football this year. And this is down to a running back advantage. I gave quarterback advantage to a pure, to a actual quarterback. Got to give running back advantage to an actual run game, uh, and not whatever Jerry rig system that that Andy Reid wants to throw Listen, out. Andy it.
3: makes it work. I just don't know if it's gonna and, happen. You know, it's it's, it's
2: fascinating. It's fascinating how 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 he can turn to Jarek McKinnon into a nine touchdown back, all within receiving, all, all receiving for the most part. I mean, it's impressive to see that. But it's also more impressive to see Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott scoring touchdowns in the most random important moments for the Eagles, in my opinion. Um, and look, you saw Miles Sanders out here just chugging away. Like, he'll just nickel and dime yeah. you for 80 yards before you know he's 14 yards carry, so. So, Like, yeah, yeah you really know, 1,200 1, yards. Uh, so, yeah, obviously running back advantage here, I'm going to give it to Jared because that running back group, I'm not even including Jalen Hurts in this. And if you do want to include Jalen Hurts into a run game type of advantage, uh, yeah, this is head over heels. It goes to the Eagles. Uh, but, I, I, you know, uh, to keep it close, I'm, I'm leaving him out. Um, but it's still probably not that, hey,
1: that's <laughs> not case. I guess with the Travis Kelsey QB sneaks in as well too. If we're incorporating everybody, then we then we get to the Blake Belldozer and the Travis K- Kelsey. Hey, QB listen, S- if
3: we're including everybody, I <laughs> want my end rounds to Quez Watkins, okay?
2: Uh, yeah. So we're speaking of Quez Watkins uh, and well, Travis Kelsey, the aforementioned Travis Kelsey. We're gonna go with the advantage at pass catcher. Now, this is not receiver. This is not just tight end. This is not just running back because they are all pass catchers here. So the whole arsenal of pass catchers available to a team is what we're going with for the advantage here. Um, now, don't go crazy and like throw out like, oh, well, you know, Jar- or, you know, J- 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 Sneed can can be out here scoring a touchdown. No, that that doesn't count. We all know it's possible, but I don't like it anyways. We're not counting yeah, guys, that. Gonna some- call
3: the ghost of Greg Ward, our practice squad receiver.
2: Yeah, that, that, that doesn't count. Okay, so we got actual guys on the roster that are actually going to be a, a receiver or tight end or possible running back here for a pass catcher. And, Jared, since you won the last one and you went second last time, you get to go first here on why the Eagles have the advantage. All right, so listen, all respect to Travis Kelsey. He may be the greatest
3: tight end of all time. But who's the best receiver on this damn field? It's A.J. Brown. Who's the second best? Devontae Smith. I separate tight ends and tight ends because of their ability to line up inside the tackles. Um, Dallas Goddard is a top five, six tight end in the league too. So it's not like they're, it, if you're looking at this from a spreadsheet perspective, who has the advantage, the The line between Travis Kelsey and Dallas Goddard is closer than Marquez Valdez, Scandling or Juju and AJ Brown. Also, we do have Quez Watkins who's Marquez Valdez, Scandling, but, is a lot more aggressive at the ball at the point of the... T- yeah. He just doesn't need to get the ball because Eagles throw the ball five times a damn game because he's usually up by 30 already. Um, the advantage is Philadelphia because of their variety. You have Zach Pascal, who basically is a... Who is Mike... Who is... I, I'd say he's Draymond Green mixed with Russell Westbrook mixed with Patrick Beverly as a wide receiver. This man wants to take corner's heads off. And just catches touchdowns out of nowhere. Then you have Quez Watkins, who may be the third fastest guy in football, according to some metrics. I don't know, whatever. Then you have, you know, Devontae Smith, who's a surgeon who runs a 4-4, a route surgeon who runs a 4-4. And, again, you know, you have that guy, A.J. Brown, top five receiver, just is an absolute nightmare one-on-one, jump ball, jump ball specialist, can light guys up for three or four touchdowns a game, you know, broke the Eagles passing record one year. Oh, yeah, and that Dallas Goddard guy, you know, Elite run blocker, but also is, you know, great tight end. And then we also have like three other tight ends who somehow, even when he was gone, still caught passes. Now, listen, it doesn't matter because a tight end, because if this was separated, the tight ends are receivers. Travis Kelsey would just blow away Dallas Goddard because he's maybe the greatest tight end of all time. But the Eagles advantage at receiver. Because, listen, Mahomes is a great quarterback, but let's bring up. Mahomes is bringing these boys' play up. It's not these guys bringing Mahomes' play up. Because Marquez valdez Scandling goes to the freaking Texans. He's out of the league in two years. So, I'm not picking on him. It's just name's fun to say. So, it's Philadelphia. A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, there you
2: go. All right, so, D.J., you hear his argument. He's obviously going with the case that, Receivers mean way more in this this case than anything else. And
3: Never said that. I just said R. And and, and 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 having
2: a close having a close tight end battle, even though one is a few eight hundred yards ahead of the other in receiving yards. He missed know, half the season. Just saying. And he's still a top five overall tight end in the league. He um is. Yeah. So uh yeah, he's still eight hundred yards behind the other receiver. But that matters, so so DJ, I need to hear why the Chiefs have the pass catcher advantage here in this one.
1: Um let's see if you can make
2: a case for Travis Kelsey and squad.
1: I will make the case that the gap between Travis Kelsey and every other tight end in the game is bigger than any of the receiver gaps you will find as well, in this game as well, too, because he has been that dominant. But we'll look at the numbers for this one as well, too, when we compare them. We're going past catchers. So, obviously, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith from just the receiver position. Those two out-duel everybody on Kansas City from the receiver position. After that, you can get wishy-washy. Sky Moore, Quez, Watkins, Nicole Hartman's outside doesn't work, Kadarius, Tony. The, you can you can mix and match them. They can kind of be a wash after that. At, but when you combine pass catchers overall, the two leading pass catchers for the Chiefs for receiving touchdowns, Travis Kelsey, Jared McKinnon, combined for 21 touchdowns. A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith at the two leading pass catching touchdowns for the Eagles, combined for 18. So you get you get a lot more touchdowns from those as well, too. One-on-one, if we're playing Island 7-on-7, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith are going to win it compared to Juju and Marquez Valdez-Scanling, and even more so now that Nicole Hardman's hurt. Yet again, after roughly seven and a half minutes of him and Kadarius Tony playing together before they both got hurt. So, if you can get somewhat of a little bit of health from the receiving core, I think it's really close. Kadarius Tony can be a weapon if he can stay healthy once again. My concern with them is health. But when it comes to touchdowns from as pass catchers, the Chiefs are just deep across the board. They just have, they don't have an ace in the hole. They don't have the dynamic duo of LeBron and AD at the top like Devontae and AJ Brown. But they got it. They go 12 deep that they could actually play. They're the Warriors' strength in numbers before Kevin Durant. And then Steph Curry happens to be Travis Kelsey in this case. So, Chief's pass catcher is very underrated. And Travis Kelsey, arguably the best tight end of all time, and arguably still the best receiving threat in the NFL you can make a case for as well. Who in 17 career playoff games has 15 playoff touchdowns, if I'm not mistaken, is number two. So, big game Travis at this point. And, he, and when the lights get bright, as Travis gets loudest, drunkest, and most productive.
3: I mean, I okay, hope he so. is not drunk for the actual game, though.
1: No, no, he's talking about after the NFC Championship game. That there was those we're trying not were, to ruin. We're
2: trying not to ruin the Kelsey Bowl, okay?
1: Like we can't have either one of the Kelsey Bowl brothers.
3: God sends this to mankind, two of the greatest humans ever to play football.
2: Three of the greatest humans to ever play football. Mama Kelsey
3: gets it too. Mm. We
2: know. I am a part of this. Damn it! Mm. I don't oh, care. Yeah. I am putting myself in this conversation. I am a part of this. I am a part of this family. For one night, and one first, night, night. Oh,
3: my gosh. Let's we'll move on.
2: Okay, so pass catchers. I'm going to give the actual credit here to DJ because he went a little more in-depth into the stats here because if you look at these stats, the actual pass catchers for Kansas City did more this season to score points than the pass catchers for Philadelphia. If I include blocking and all the other things that Philadelphia's receivers do, like A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, I would give you that credit and Dallas Goddard. But the rule is offenses, pass but... catchers. And you're fair, but it is pass catchers, not blocking tight ends and receivers.
3: I I know.
2: So, By the way, speaking of blockers, though, 1, and Jason Kelsey. Almost a 1,000 yards. Yeah, and
3: Jason well, Kelsey. Did you just said that the the best Philly cheesesteaks aren't in Philadelphia. I think Marcus Epps might put his head through a, a stake before the end of the game.
1: And that's just yeah, fine. He might not make it to you in this game, but we're talking going into the game, so he's still counting.
3: Ask Traylon Burks how is the center of his ribs are doing.
2: I don't want to Maybe. ask Traylon Burks because he, I actually, you know what, yo, you need to get a hold on, hold on, hold on. This pause this for a second. You need to get a hold of Samir because that man owes me five bucks on Traylon Burks right now.
3: Okay, I don't talk to that man anymore, so we can
2: let that one roll. You can hit him <laughs> up the way you want. Fair enough. So mm-hmm. exactly what I, mean, I would not, like to do. Not saying
3: that child anymore. I don't We're
2: going to watch mm-hmm. these offensive lines handle business on Sunday and do a whole lot to to the other side. Hopefully for both team's sake. So guys, offensive line advantage. DJ, Kansas City Chiefs, why they got the advantage in offensive line?
1: This is a tough one because individual player by player, the Eagles clearly win. Lane Johnson is Lane Jason. Jason Kelsey, we just talked about the Kelsey Bull Kelsey clearly the top of the line. Lane Johnson, like they're. Position for position, you would probably give that to the Eagles, but as a cohesive unit, Patrick Holmes doesn't really get touched unless he's trying to freelance a little bit too much. Their blocking schemes, the amount of times they go empty and they move him around. There's the way they block offensive line-wise, I think is very underrated once again as well. And as we mentioned, they always find a way to run the ball when they need to because there's giant holes to run through. Orlando Brown is an absolute mammoth of a human on the left side in a similar fashion to Jordan Milata. Joe Tooney has really got it going as well too. Creed Humphrey might be a top three center in football, as much as people don't like him for obvious reasons. He is still that he is still that dude as well. I can already see you shaking your head because as soon as I said Creed Humphrey, you're like, "Well, DJ loses this match for bringing up his name." But either way, Kansas City. I
3: only forgot all, what he did. I'm
1: really sorry. Kelsey just is just not a big fan. He just not no. a big fan. But so. granted, I will. I think as a blocking overall cohesion, they have a very different. Level. They have a look. Their blocking scheme is better, greater than the sum of their parts, and the parts are pretty good on top of it as well, too. So, Kansas City takes a very, very slight offensive line advantage here, especially if Landon Dickerson isn't able to suit up for the Eagles, or if he is banged he's up playing, and not playing. I feel he, he not, even,
3: not even on the practice report.
1: Oh, that's good. So he he bounced back pretty quickly. So that's good for them.
3: He's Alabama bred, baby. Those dudes are built differently. Let's look at your co-host.
1: Well, I just won that one, so you just I'll t- we'll just wrap that with this one up.
2: Well, so uh, yeah, you said Creed Humphrey, so yeah, I'm, I'm already you're, you're walking on thin ice,
1: DJ. You're walking on
2: thin ice right now. Jared, Jared's, Jared's doing a little bit better right now, uh, barely, barely. <sighs> all right, let me let me warm
3: up with this one here.
2: Okay. um, all right, Jared, go ahead and just please, please close this one off so I don't have to give Creed Humphrey anything.
3: First team ever in the history of like the recording of these like of this website. I know as much people shit on Pro Football Focus for a lot of their rankings. Their offensive line rankings are actually pretty decent. Um, first team ever to have all five got starters on their offensive line rank in the top 10 at their positions. Um, yeah, Kelsey may be one of the greatest centers ever to walk the earth. Lane Johnson hasn't allowed a sacks since the pandemic. And um, Jordan Mailata may throw Frank Clark into the dark dimension. I'm not sure. He's like, this man literally bullied Nick Bosa. And it was the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Especially because I think Nick Bosa is kind of a spoiled tool. Um, then there's also our guards. Isaac Sayamalu has been one of the best guards in football statistically since he was he replaced Stephen Westnouski in 2018, who went and won a Super Bowl Chiefs two years later. Technically, guys, this might be the Westnouski Bowl. He's won a Super Bowl with both teams. Um, and also, again. Landon Dickerson is a six foot six guard who can do cartwheels in his promo videos, like. And also did finish top 10 also in blocking and blocking efficiency and bounce back from an, I think it was elbow or ankle injury. Like it was not that, I don't know. The Eagles offensive line is like, I'm going to quote Aaron Rodgers. If the Eagles offensive line starts getting after and getting the boys moving downhill, yeah. It could be a long day for that. that uh, like the key to this game is blocking Chris Jones. They do that this game. That's it. That's ball game. On that defensive side of the ball at least.
2: That's fair. Um, I, look, I was going to give this one to the Eagles without either one of you arguing because I literally, there's no. I'm I'm sorry. There's no comparison between the two this season. The Eagles are far and above a better offensive line all around. And if you need any point to be proven in that, just look at Patrick Mahomes' ankle because of what a Jaguar did. Um, and Jalen hurts hurt we, his shoulder
3: when he was scrambling five yards. Yeah, Jaylen,
2: yeah, Jalen Hurts is, is is a freak athlete. That's X factor. That's the, that's the biggest reason why. Uh, I mean, look, this offensive line has set records for just pure abuse of human beings. Uh, and so I got to give credit where credit's due. The Chiefs still a top five offensive line. I'm not taking anything oh, away from their abilities. Yeah, definitely. But when it comes down to it, I got. I mean, look, I, when I watch Jason Kelsey run 62 yards on a screen to the running back and clear the way the whole way. I got, I, I'm giving them, I'm giving that offensive line credit where credit is due. Um, and that does hurt me to say, but uh, you know, uh, the Eagles do get this one. Um, so Jared gets the point here and you guys are still tied now two apiece as we head to the defensive side of the ball. It is now time for the defensive front seven here. And well, this one's going to be very interesting to say the least. Uh, Jared, you're going to go ahead and kick us off with this one. 70. That is the amount of sacks
3: the Eagles have tallied since week one. Um Hassan Reddick, who should be the defensive player of the year because this man has basically ended team seasons. Just ask Brock Purdy's elbow. Um, one of the, also probably one of the best bargain bin free agents in the last like five years. Hi, Roseman's the genius. Um, also Fletcher Cox, eleven sacks. Josh Sweat, eleven sacks. Javon Hargrave, eleven sacks. I oh, know Cox had eight. Sorry, Brandon Graham, eleven sacks. Um, I think also I think Milton Thomas had three. Jordan Davis had one. Adonis Sue has one. Like Robert Quinn is there. Linville Joseph, a sack to like, just, I could just do names and be that guy. But the fact of the matter is 70 sacks. And I think when the defensive line is fully healthy, I think they have one, their run defense, their run numbers, their numbers against the run de-peaked and went back down. That, that three game stretch they're missing. Jordan Davis was unfortunate. But then they held Derrick Henry to 22 fucking yards in a run-based offense. And listen, all due respect to Andy Reid and the boys, there's a difference between the Jags' pass rush and Philly's pass rush and Cincinnati's pass rush, okay? Listen, all due respect to Sam Hubbard and um, the Gloveless Wonder, Trey Hendrickson, and Josh Allen, number 41 Josh Allen, and Trayvon Walker and... Whoever that other guy, number forty nine, is who rushes for them, I can't remember the guy's name off the top of my head. Pardon? Exactly. Hassan Reddick, Brandon Gr- Hassan Reddick, and Josh Sweat are game breakers. They they both are back to back Pro Bowlers. They both have back to back nine plus sack seasons, and that's just their two edge guys. You have Cox, Javon Hargrave, the best one of the best pass rushing D tackles in the league, alongside his opposing counterpart, Chris Jones, and of Aaron Donald. Fletcher Cox, who may be at the tail end of his career, but can still stop a double team like anybody's business. Sue Linville Joseph, who are both just plugs in the middle of the hole. And there's only one man on this earth who makes Trent Williams quiver in his boots. And that's the and Sue. Just watch the tape. He didn't want that smoke. And uh, that, that big lovable ball of fun that is a horrifying human being thats Jordan Davis. He's just huge and strong and athletic. The Eagles may made, made the Avengers of defensive linemen And they're not. There's no like brand name superstars. They're just all guys who are great at what they do. And Howie just said, "Hey, you see that guy catching the snap? Kill him."
2: All right. Well, hey, the the Avengers of the defensive line, DJ. That's what you have to go against here to make the case for Kansas City and Chris Jones and well, what Chris Jones brings to the party. So, DJ, what does Chris Jones bring?
1: Sorry. Well, as long as he's not running a 40-yard dash, we're all good here. But, but I'll mention the number 62. That is the number of sacks Kansas City has had since week one as well, too. A little bit behind, but not too far off as well when you mention the name value as well, too. It's Chris Jones and the boys. George Karloftis, young rookies really come into his own. And they don't have the – their edge rushers aren't quite on the same level, but I think overall they get after as well, too. When it comes to playoff defensive line coaching, does anyone beat Steve Spagnuolo, what he did to the Patriots twice with with the New York Giants as well? what they did with it, what they've done with the chiefs as well in these playoff runs they've had. We have Frank Clark, two and a half sacks. They had five on Joe Burrow in their last playoff game. Chris Jones now with two sacks as well. Derek Natty with one. You also got Willie Gay Jr. Carlos Dumlap, who is still playing at a thousand years old and six foot nine self who just existing gets in the way of passing lanes just by standing directly up in the air. Nick Bolton, Kalen Saunders. They have an under, they have a very deep squad as well too. And as you mentioned, it's a, the Jaguars pass rush is there's the Eagles' pass rush is different compared to Jacksonville's. It's different compared to the Bengals. I'll also say Trevor Lawrence is different to go against than Daniel Jones, and Joe Burrow is much different than jo- than Brock Purdy with a, with one arm. So I, they have a higher level of difficulty in what they've gone against as well. To second Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence that many times is a lot harder than going against Josh Johnson and Daniel Jones as well. Sure. Yeah, I know they hurt Brock Purdy. I'm for just, party, I'm just you... saying,
3: listen, there's the celebration of our uh, our sack leader, the gladiator, the the gladiator thing. Listen, all due respect to Patrick Jones, Patrick Mahomes, let's watch that offensive line try to block Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat. Those boys are hungry. Because realize sure, yeah. it's not it's not I like. It, the one other thing I think uh, this is my this is actually my, my X factor. I'll talk about that in a minute. We'll get to that in, in about five minutes or so. But I got I got a nice X factor for this one. Okay.
2: So so DJ, the, the, is that, that going to round it out for you? I'm going mean, to give you the last chance to have final word.
1: Chris Jones.
2: Chris Jones. Okay. Uh, I. You know I, I'm I'm gonna, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to go to Jared and I'm going to say this. Uh, minus one point for bringing up the Brock Purdy injury. Plus one point for the Hassan Reddick not being a defense player of the year. Should be defensive player of the year conversation. And 100%. plus one for the Howie Roseman trash find uh, because really that's where Hassan Reddick was was sitting in a trash can somewhere. At least, at least according to thirty one other teams uh, who all got that three wrong.
3: year, three or thirty one million dollar deal for like a premier yeah. edge rusher. You guys are idiots.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, I I, I got to give the credit to to the Eagles purely. like, seventy sacks is insane. But on top of that, pressures. And then really the if you just look at their points against uh is it is better than the Chiefs this season. Um that in front of it in itself is gonna give the defense a front seven the the nom here. But it is close because that Chiefs, that Chiefs defense, if, in two years, I do think that Chiefs defense will be neck and neck with this current Eagles team. Uh mostly because you look at Brandon Graham and, and that squad potentially well, not being there anymore.
3: We definitely uh, technically, technically we're supposed to do front seven. Um which I think we kinda did anyway because like Hassan Rae technically counts as a linebacker on paper. Yeah, he's, a,
2: he's an outside. He's an edge rusher. So yeah. I was just
3: gonna say. Also, T.J. Edwards is like a tackling machine. I mean, like Nick Bolton, I think is a better middle linebacker than T.J. Edwards is. But I think
2: yeah. the linebackers are pretty split. Yeah. The, to me, to me, the linebackers look. Your starting linebackers are in, in a dime for both. I'm just gonna say they're coming out in a dime. Starting linebackers credit goes to the Chiefs, but there's only two of them. You look at the you look at the front five really. I just what I'm gonna say for the for the Eagles that yeah. front five is better than any any front five that the Chiefs can throw out there on 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 the board, um, and that's really where I give the edge to is that five to two kind of ratio. But it is close. Chris Jones does make it a lot closer than he probably should be, um, and that's just and George Karlaftis. Look, I got to give credit where credit is due. Still think he's a fantastic position piece. But Jared gets this one. He takes the lead here. He's going up three to two. And we're heading into another potential possibility here for the Eagles the secondary advantage. So, guys, uh, you know what? Jared, you started it. No, no, you did not start the last one. So, you get to start this one and you get to take over the secondary advantage. And give me why the Eagles take over the secondary advantage.
3: So, Chauncey Garner Johnson got hurt while I was in the stands uh, in the Eagles Packers game for basically trying to tackle that. Human-Gazelle hybrid named Christian Watson. By the way, live, I've watched maybe six football games live in my life. I've never seen a faster human being live in my life. Like, that man runs like a gazelle. Um, Chauncey Garner-Johnson at that point had six interceptions. Led the league. Still tied for the league lead when the season ended. Yeah. Had a great season. And the fact that the Pro Bowl voters didn't even give him a sniff was just horrifying. Um, Marcus Epps, one of the most efficient... Safety is I'd say he's more of an energy guy because the dude just decks human. He just takes dudes out. He's he's a hit stick. Him and, I think him and Garner Johnson, the best safe to come of the Eagles have had since Dawkins and uh, say Quentin Michael. Back when I, I'd say that would be a good combo of the two of them. Maybe Sean Considine. Um, it's all about the corners. Listen, Garner Johnson and like Justin Reed and Garner Johnson are pretty comparable. When it comes to their seasons, they've had this year. And, but it comes down to the guys on the outside is all respect due to LeJarius and, and McDuffie, those dudes are ballers. But to there's a reason when you ask who the best cornerbacks in the league are, you talk about Bradbury, you talk about Slay. The fact that the Giants let Bradbury walk and he just went straight down the belt, he's with straight down 95 to Philadelphia and he said, Hey, heard you guys need a second to a second corner, and like, yeah, cool. Um. Efficiency wise, they are the numbers aren't great because, well, the Eagles led the league in sacks. The, the, the ball doesn't get out much. Uh One guy who I think is a little underrated in this is two guys is their second. They're like their third safety because they like to put Garter Johnson in the box. That's Reed Blankenship, who one picked off Aaron Rodgers, too, has a lot of clutch pass deflections in big moments. The dude's just a missile for the ball. And then also, our most underrated member of our secondary, which is Devontae Maddox. Now, this man, when the Eagles, when he was in the Eagles lineup this year, I think they're nine and oh, ten 10 and oh, whatever. Um, he is in a, a top tier nickel corner. Great in coverage, good ball skills, and just can stick with guys with the speed. The Eagles don't really have a weakness in their secondary as long as they stick to their assignments. Their biggest issue this year has been getting a little overly aggressive. You know, C.J. Garner-Johnson drifting to the center of field with he C.S. coverage or vice versa with Bradbury. They can get a little behind themselves. So I think as long as they play their assignments through the superior secondary talent-wise, they can just cover. They've got the boys.
2: All right. Um, I just wanted to disprove one thing. Avante Maddox in the lineup. Eight and one are the Eagles. Saints Only game, the- right? Uh Cowboys. On Christmas Oh Eve.
3: fuck! I forgot he played Christmas day, Christmas Eve. I was a little hammered yeah. for that game. I, I thought I thought yeah, it was eight. Yeah. Yeah, no, all <laughs> Fair enough,
2: fair enough. Uh, uh, but to your point, um, you also mentioned Chris Gardner Johnson or whatever Con- 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 Gardner Johnson. He's he doesn't matter. He's the guy that gets punched in the face by everybody, and that's all that you need to know. Why he didn't get a Pro Bowl nomination? Because only everybody cares about is he gets punched in the face by everybody. Because he's and a superior shit talker. He's a menace. <laughs> No, no, that gets a big plus minus one in, in my, my book. So Chauncey Gardner-Johnson with a minus one here for you. But I, I got to get, you know, the Avante Maddox stat, I do appreciate the deep dive in the stats there. But DJ, why do the Kansas City Chiefs have the best secondary?
1: If we could count for the regular season, it's going to lean towards the Eagles because you had three starters in your secondary that were rookies. And none of them were first-round sauce Gardner, Derek Stingley, Trent Woolen. This was a long learning season for the Chiefs secondary, so it had a lot of ups and downs. Once you got to playoff mode those that last week and then the playoffs, they've been absolutely locked down as well. Looking at the playoff stats alone, the Eagles have one interception on the, in the playoffs. The Chiefs secondary has three. Pass deflections, the Eagles have six. The Chiefs have 12. And this is all just from secondary, too. We're not including, like, the defensive line bat downs or anything like that as well. Julian Watson, guarding T. Higgins, guarding Christian Kirk, guarding Jamar Chase, the level of difficulty has been a lot higher as well. Going against those passing offenses, they have held it down have not given up a lot of passing yards, not a lot of big plays as well, and they don't have the same passers going with them, so they have to hold up in coverage. As we learned in just our last segment, the defensive front seven advantage goes to the Eagles, so they have to hold up in coverage longer. They, they have more interceptions, more pass deflections. Jalen Watson alone has four pass deflections. Trey McDuffie has three. These are young rookies who took a long time to get used to, DC, to the to basically get used to the NFL, for lack of better terms. And the Chiefs led the NFL in pre-snap motion on defense as far as showing one look, moving to another one. A lot of those safeties, Juan Thornhill and, jo- and Justin Reed have to be on their P's and Q's. When you're starting four yards offline, you're both rotating to a cover two. Shell, then you're rolling to a cover three all before the snap goes. When you're Trent McDuffie in the slot, starting outside leverage, faking a blitz, ending up in the flat. They move a lot. They have to there is a long learning curve when it comes to Steve Spagnolo's defense with how they like to disguise things. If we go for the entire season. You lean towards the Eagles because they've been from point A to point B. Darius Slay, James Bradbury have been locked down. But in playoff time the last month or so, the Chiefs have cranked it up to another level in the secondary. and They've showed it with the level of competition, how they've held up as well. Minus one screw it, Jamar Chase play out there somewhere. They really haven't given up a whole lot to either the Bengals or the Jaguars' offenses. Okay. Okay. Fair enough.
2: I appreciate both ones, both 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 your guys' takes on these because it is a tougher battle between these two because you do have to dive into the depth of the Kansas City Chiefs here because you you left out one run rookie as well in Joshua Williams. By the way, had a pick during against the Bengals here uh, as well as seven solo ta- or seven tackles in the game. Um, also has seven pass defense on the season, so he has been been involved as well. Uh, I do want to say that you know if you just look at the, the primary two. I'm going to just say – I'm just going to go straight up and you look at Bradbury and Darius Slay. Obviously, the Eagles have that in the primary two corner slots. But I got to look at that, second, I got to look at that deep safety situation. Juan Thornhill and Justin Reed, to me, are two better safeties than Gardner-Johnson and Marcus Epps, especially when Gardner-Johnson obviously is not going to be playing down the stretch. It might be playing in the Super Bowl, but he's not going to be at 100%. You're looking at now a white torpedo. And if anybody knows anything about white torpedoes at safety, it is me. And I know how disappointing they can be. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Do not
3: ever hurt. slander the legend
2: of Reed Blankenship with that <laughs> knucklehead from Dallas. It's happened, and it happened just now. Oh, and I swat, I, I, I'm going to give I, I'm going to give the slight nod here to Kansas City just for the depth and experience in this season because they didn't have they they had to dive deep down, and yet they got oh. better as they dove deep down. Okay. Uh, Trent McDuffie, I mean, it, I, think, I think it's hard. It, it, Trent it, McDuffie, it, it, he's a dog. Wait, that, he's a top, he's a top ten corner this year, I'd say. Oh, his
3: film by this year, by the way, if you guys want to watch a treat, if you like watching secondary film, Trent McDuffie's a treat. This dude's technique is phenomenal. Yeah.
2: So if I wanted to go off of stats, I'd see, I, the Eagles are an easy pick. Obviously, they, they have the stats on their side. But it's, it's more the eye effect and the depth and what's going to come into the Super Bowl, which is that depth that mm-hmm. we worry about. Um, because if look, like, if you're facing off against the Eagles, you have to be prepared for anybody to do anything, and that's the one thing these Chiefs, this Chiefs secondary is prepared. Whereas, if you look at the depth for the the Eagles on the other side, if Kansas City comes out five wide and they're all going to be five receivers, well, a Travis Kelsey and four receivers, they don't have enough depth and experience to match up with that evenly. So that's where that's where my my, my edge here goes to the Chiefs, um, because that might be something Andy Reid does because he is just a mad genius like that. But that's going to even it out three a piece and that's gonna take us to our deciding one that's the x factor give me your guys's x factor for sunday who's going to be the guy that makes the difference and obviously why so dj i let jared start out the last one i actually thought him start out two in a row so you're gonna take this one for me uh and you're, you're gonna start out with why do the chief who, who's the Chiefs' x factor and why is he going to be the one that makes the difference
1: State Farm's new favorite commercial entry, Andy Reid, is going to be the X factor in this one. Nobody knows the Eagles outside it like quite like Andy Reid does as Love well. Love me, too. Big Red. Everyone loves Big Red. The man, the myth, the legend. He's coming in with a chance to put himself in a rarefied air to have a two. We talked about he's a, one of the greatest coaches of all time before getting a Super Bowl. He got that Super Bowl, and it was the proverbial get that monkey off my back moment. Now you get a chance to get two when you throw yourself into rarefied air conversation against your old team as well too. The one that a lot of people said you couldn't win the big one because of what was happening there, which was blasphemous. They were fantastic. Those Eagles teams were fantastic, but I digress. And we talk about two weeks, the mad genius himself to get to prepare. The only thing that re- we saw it against San Francisco, pulling out things like Wasp, everything. When you give Andy Reid this much time, it's like how they joke about when you give Saban too much time for the national championship game. That's just not fair. You can't give him that much time to prepare. Andy Reid's getting a lot of time to prepare and a lot of time to scheme things up. We're going to see one ring around the rosy, twirly bird, something goofy out of the huddle thing that's going to work and make absolutely no sense. Somehow, Patrick Holmes is going to catch a touchdown and Travis Kelsey is going to throw it to him underhand. Something ridiculous is going to happen or a 47-yard hook and ladder again. That big red's going to drop. So when it Andy Reid, I feel like could be the real X factor in this one. As much as everyone hates Nick Sirianni, he is a great coach, but he's not. Big Red's a whole different animal right here as well too. So give me Andy Reid. And you know he's sick and tired of people making cheeseburger comments to him this week. The amount of people during the media days are saying like, "What'd you do for a cheeseburger?" and shit. He's like, "You know what? I'm going to win this one, and I'm not going to have a cheeseburger. I'm going to have a steak." So give me, you know, give me Andy Reid on this one coming out to prove a point. So like
2: he gets a cheeseburger.
3: It's weird, yeah. right? So somebody asked me, I, I when I went when we went to the playoffs this year, I was kind of nervous for the Eagles Giants game. I was nervous as hell for the. Uh, Eagles, uh, thanks, Kevin. Your your Seahawks mm-hmm. were a really great challenge to any the team they played as they got their head kicked in. Um, so um, yeah, don't come at me like that. Come correct. Uh, so I will say this about the Eagles, right? They played a Giants team who was under who was supposed to go four wins and they had a great season. They played a the best defense in the NFL reigning for the past three years in the Niners and they kicked their teeth in. Um, Jordan Mailata made Nick Bose look like a little boy. Fred Warner was frozen with that free option, but that it, it, that that doesn't matter. This isn't about what's on the tape to me. It's about the the what the Eagles team represents. So, a lot of these guys, I was telling this to um Mason and Matt. Shout out to my boys at the podcast. These two guys are my rock, they're the the reason I actually able yeah, to keep this pod going. Um, a lot of these guys aren't Super Bowl champions. There's five guys in the Seagulls roster who won a Super Bowl. I think it's Elliott, uh, Kelsey, Johnson. Uh, I think one of their back. I think Rick Lovato, their Sutton, their center, their long snapper, and that's it. I think that's it. Boston, I think that.
1: Who was Boston Scott there? I thought he was on the. No, team
3: Boston Scott team. was 2019. Um, was a little running back they had. Though. That, they had Sproles and Barner back in the day.
1: That's what I was thinking about. So
3: yep. anyway, you also have a lot of guys like Darius Slay. This is his last this is gonna probably be his last shot at getting a Super Bowl. Realistically. Bradbury, same thing. These guys are in their early 30s. Unless they go get another contract. Oh, Bradbury will probably not be on the Eagles next year. Slay has one more year with us. He may retire after that, honestly. Dude's had a Hall of Fame level career or close to it. He's been one of the best corners in the league for like his entire career. Um Hassan Reddick is on his third team in three years. Fletcher Cox might retire, so might Jason Kelsey. A lot of these guys know that, like, they, if they want one, this is it. And there is a hunger in this room, and it's getting driven by one dude under center who is passed up for a concussion dummy. No offense to Tua, and passed up.
0: No, listen, I love, Tua,
3: I love Tua, man, I do. And you know, at the time, it was the right move. Jalen Hurts had to develop. So, shout out to Lincoln Riley for that. Then he was passed. Then he was basically put behind a pretty boy, pretty Madonna, ginger from North Dakota, who had the mental stability of a five-year-old. Gets in and is told basically he's not a quarterback the entire year. The disrespect Hertz has been getting in the media this week is hysterical. Can we just acknowledge the fact this man is the engine that drives his offense? This offense was atrocious. And Missed so many opportunities to beat not only Kelsey's Dallas Cowboys, who were playing at full go. And the New Orleans Saints, who are basically a bottom feeder franchise at this point, the Eagles. This 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 means everything. The re- yeah, they celebrated for a little bit after the Niners win because it was great. They just kicked the shit out of a team who they were supposed to lose to, right? And oh yeah, Kevin goes, the Eagles haven't been challenged, or maybe they're just doing what they're supposed to do. There's there's another side to that coin, man. Like they handled their business. Was it ugly? Was it not perfect? Yeah. Well, Hurts didn't need to throw for 300 yards because the game was basically over by halftime in both games because the defense, the offensive line, and Jalen handled their business. So the Chiefs are the most challenging team the Eagles have played all year, but this was the goal of the entire season. It wasn't to make the playoffs. It wasn't to make the divisional run. It wasn't to fucking get the number one seed. It will we parse the number one seed. It wasn't to get to the tailgate. It was to win the whole fucking thing. So to Philadelphia, this is everything to them. If they lose this, yeah, it's gonna be a great season for Eagles fans because we did have a great season. But to the players like Jalen Hurts, Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, AJ Brown, these guys didn't come to Phil, these guys didn't stay or come to Philadelphia or become leaders in this team to lose to Patrick Mahomes. So it's the fact that the Eagles want this so bad. You can see it the way they play. This Giants team came in thinking they were going to upset Philadelphia. And the Eagles were like, son, please. That game was over within five minutes. And then this Niners team, Brock Purdy all you want, man. He probably would have had an okay game for half a quarter. But that edge rush was going to keep getting to him. And that Eagles the Eagles offensive line was on a mission to mercilessly beat down that Niners defense. I don't care who the hell plays for them. Devontae Smith catch or not. They probably would have scored in the next position anyway. So, say what you want about Philadelphia not playing anybody this year. It's the lamest fucking argument on the planet. They just get the schedule they got, and they did what they did. It's it, it's like, if a team, it's, it, 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 it's Kelsey, it's like your Auburn Tigers in 2011. They didn't play anybody tough all year.
2: 2010, but yeah.
3: Yeah. 2010. Then they kicked a the piss out of the best offense in possibly the history of college football in the uh, 2010-2011 Chip Kelly-Oregon Ducks. I'm not comparing the two. I'm just saying dominant defensive line, mobile quarterback, who's an award nominee. I will say this. Don't underestimate that teams come like As an Eagles fan, I've seen a lot of teams. I've seen a lot of different combinations of players and following these guys as long as I have. The camaraderie and the way this team's attitude and the way they all move, this team's got that like we want this mentality. This isn't like 2017, we're like we're the underdogs. 2018, I knew they were gonna fucking lose. I was like just counting the days. 2019, we were it was a miracle we freaking made it. Clowney did us a favor by basically trying to assassinate Carson Wentz, and 20 was like uh, an effigy for that team's hopes. But I don't know, man. There's something in the air in that locker room. And uh, and there, Nick Sirianni is the coach to manage
2: – to, to quote Julian Love, manage that. Okay. All right. Hey, I still think Julian Love was saying the right things here. Um, I just want to go out on a limb and say that he's just saying the right thing because you know what? This is why the X Factor – the conversation, this is why I'm glad you guys went the way you went because at the end of the day, the coach isn't the X Factor I want to see. I don't want to see a coaching X Factor because you know what happens if there's a coaching X Factor – they get in the way. That's what happens with a coaching X factor. And you know who the number one notorious coach is for getting in the way of a good team? Kyle Shanahan. Well, Andy. Yes, Reed. <laughs> Andy Reid number 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 one. Uh, Kyle Shanahan is in, in game the number one. At, at, but over planning is number is has always been Andy Reid's issue. And I think at the end of the day, I you know you mentioned Jalen Hurts and the desire for him to win. Jalen Hurts is the ultimate consummate winner. Um, and I think there's no question about that. If you watched him play his entire career, you know, that Jason Kelsey is a guy that just knows how to just grind it out and whether it's win or loss, he knows how to grind it out. Those two combined have been the best battery. I think I've seen in the NFL in, in quite some time from a center quarterback combination and it, it, they work together perfectly. They're both hard, hardworking and driven. And I think there is something to be said about that. Um, so I'm going to go X-Factor here. I'm going to give it to give it to Jared because I do think the X-Factor here is down to this close-knit group in, in, in Philadelphia. I just don't trust Andy Reid. There's too much on the line in there. They're like, in a normal Super Bowl, if this was against any other team than the Eagles, I give you credit for the Andy Reid conversation. Andy Reid, now he has a point to prove against somebody. I'm worried it's going to revert back to old Andy Reid in Philadelphia here. So that's going to give Jared the win here. He wins 4-3, to three, but it's a close one. It's One other thing I wanted to bring up. What was the way
3: the Buccaneers beat Patrick Mahomes in 2020?
1: Just two off remember, tackles I reshuffled the offensive line. Yeah.
3: yeah but what did the Bucs do
2: so well? That's that, uh, that game.
1: They walked by they,
2: they rushed the hell out of him. So did Sam Patrick Frank. Mahomes looked like he was in he was in Disney World. That's what he, he made him look like so, yeah, no, yeah, nine,
1: pretty good. Defensively too, And he's still third. Either way, what?
2: You know what? Hey, 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 I I have ruled the judge jury executioner has ruled. I'm giving it to the Eagles for this one. Um, Yeah, there's my gavel.
0: In case um, there's any
1: question about where your loyalties lie, your Bengals fandom has just become official now.
2: Yeah, I think it's, it's official, but it was mm-hmm. a close one. It's a closer one than it probably should be. Um, you know, I, I, I listen, I am terrified of the Chiefs, like, I am seriously terrified of them. But I think it's gonna be I one of the best games, believe watch. my boys. That's that's what it comes down to. That's fair. Hey, you gotta have some belief somewhere. But guys, that'll take us over to Crunch Time, which, by the way, is presented by Outlier. If you guys haven't checked out outlier.bet, uh, go ahead and do so. Go ahead and actually get started on your seven day trial to smart to bet smarter, not harder, over at outlier.bet hash or slash high low sports. Link is in our bio. Link is in the link on Twitter. You know where I'll find it. Uh, go get started on that. That way you can win some money. And DJ and I have won quite a few quite a, quite a few bucks here recently using Outlier. So cannot complain. I uh, got to say, it's been, been pretty nice here. Um, so we're going to go straight to it. Jared, it's crunch time, which means you get to sound off on whatever you want. And you, since you're the winner, you get your own sound off. You were going to get your own sound off anyways because you got to tell the people where to find you. But now you get to really sound off on something. What's been grinding your gears here? Give us your sound off, Jared. It is crunch time. Get it, take it away.
1: Let them know. You
3: know, it, it's. I don't know if it's been weird this year, man. The NFL playoffs. A lot of these teams. What is it with the Bengals and Niners? I don't get it. Like I okay, so I kind of get the Bengals a little bit because, like, yeah, the refs kind of hose them on some calls. But to be honest, that last Burrow interception kind of hosed you guys more than those calls did. Um. When it comes to the 49ers, man, Debo was on McAfee today, and he and and then you got Ayuk's comments I'm like, guys, you got your ass kicked. Own it, move on. There's a quote from uh Michael Jordan's trainer, Tim Grover. It's easier to eat the bullet and move on than it is to spread the shit around. I know I totally butchered the paraphrasing there, but you get the point. I like it a
2: little better.
0: Yeah, if hmm.
3: you own what you did wrong and you go, Debo was talking shit to the Eagles walking out, dude had what three catches for 33 yards. Bro, he disappeared faster than DB Cooper. What I don't understand is what is it with the playoffs? And I remember when my teams have been eliminated. So, like last time my Eagles were in the playoffs, it was um, Seattle, right, twenty nineteen, or last year with the Bucks, right? You didn't hear anything from us or some of these other losing teams. I like I didn't hear anything from the Jaguars after they lost to the Chiefs. Man, they took it on the chin. They knew they had a great season. Um, the the Bills. They were embarrassed, but they took it on the chin. The uh, the Giants, man, I mean, except for Julian Love, you didn't really much hear out of the Giants or even like the Cowboys when they lost to the Niners. They just owned it. They blew it. Kelsey, I got to give credit to your Cowboys, man. They were up up upward professionals about that game. So I don't know what the hell crawled up the Niners' ass or even some with the, the Bengals. Yeah, you guys were one win away. Congratulations. Both of you still would have gotten, like the Bengals, let's be honest, y'all should have lost by more. If Mahomes is healthy, y'all would have gotten run off the damn field. And the Niners, oh, you would have put up another touchdown. Congratulations. That Eagles team was going to kill anybody they played that day. It didn't matter who lined up. You could have had Jimmy G, Trey Lance, or the Ghost of Joe Montana. Still an immense shit. Cal Shanahan was going to talk his way out of calling the right plays. Who the hell puts Christian McCaffrey in and watch him throw the ball to the opposite field? Then puts Brock Purdy back in with a bum elbow. Uh, it's just, guys, just like 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 the Super Bowl. I don't know. Maybe it's the fact that like I was so excited to hear about like the prospect of my team in the Super Bowl, and yet all I had to fucking hear for three fucking days was about oh how the, how the NFL might be rigged and you know the Niners Brock Purdy's injury. It's like. Can we just talk about how amazing this matchup is between the two best quarterbacks in the league? Joe Burrow, I think, throw into the top three, and Josh Allen as well, and Justin Herbert for talent, yeah. But, and Aaron Rodgers for somewhat. Whatever, it doesn't matter. But the two leading vote-getters for MVP are in this game. Awesome. Um, there's no giant, catastrophic injury leading into the game. Clyde Edwards-Hillary disappeared by last season anyway, so that doesn't count. But, you know, and Mikhail Harbin's injured all the time, so it doesn't really matter. It's not like it's Madden where he actually shows up. So can we talk about the fact that we have Nick Sirianni, who's the up, new one of these new up-and-coming coaches? Can we talk about how big Red, one of the greatest coaches of all times in this game? We have two of the best interior pass rushers of all time in Chris Jones, Fletcher Cox. We have great edge rushers in uh, Frank Clark and Hasan Reddick, who are both... Along with Chris Jones, defensive player of the year candidates, or should be at least great secondary guy, Justin Reed, Darius Slay, James Bradbury, Trent Duffy, Trent McDuffie, the greatest tight end of all time, Travis Kelsey, and one of the greatest like receiving duos we saw this year in Hertz. I mean, uh, in uh, um, Brown and Smith, who both caught a thousand yards. By the way, boys, I called that when you guys were on my show. By the way, um, yep, yep, you did. But listen, I was just happy it happened. Can we just acknowledge it's going to be a fucking awesome game, hopefully, and stop bitching about shit that won't happen? Kevin, yes, they, they are. Because, I honestly am starting to hate them more than the Cowboys. That's saying something. Um, because they're just 32 fucking. Thirty-two
1: you know? and six combined record for it. thirty-two. I mean, there, and there's, six. A,
3: there's another. See, there's another show. I love them. They're all my friends, but they make a joke. I am not talking about the fact that both their teams got railroaded in the in the, in the championship, and it, it gets a little irritating. I don't know. Cause you know, as sports guys, we're supposed to talk about what happens. Kelsey, did you want to talk about the Niners game after y'all team lost?
0: Yes. Yeah, no, yes. Well, no I wanted to talk about
2: <laughs> I was so excited to talk about how bad the Cowboys are
3: and how but bad. The is. Your Cowboys should have won the damn game. They had five opportunities to kill that proves all of my points about Dak and Zeke needing to go. And that's just well, it. the fact is
0: the fact he's got to cut down to almost
3: five million dollars a year to stay on the roster is hilarious, but you know. But that now was my point, guys. Can we just enjoy this fucking game? I got a text from Boy like, I'm not even gonna watch the game. I'm like, why? Has your team missed the playoffs. And he goes, and I'm like, you he this guy's uh this guy's a fan of a very perennial powerhouse college football team. So like, yeah, I haven't really watched the playoffs this year. I'm like, dude, football's great. Like, this they has been amazing been... playoffs. There's only been what, three shit
2: games. Ironically, my team was part of two of them. So. You don't, even know, you don't even have to tell me who it was. I already know it was Kev. I, that's just, I wasn't even going to
3: run his name out there because I didn't
2: want to. I'm going to run it out there. It's a bammer, and he's a Patriots fan. And he, well, I mean, you know.
3: listen, his Patriots got uh, Bob back, Bill O'Brien, so Mac might actually have a good
2: record. Next so, year. Well, no, now, now Alabama has a chance to have a good record. That's what it is. Hmm.
1: Well, yeah, we before forward, we get a to a wild, before we get to a wild tangent, now it's been a pleasure to have everyone on here. Go, Jared, go and let everyone know where they can find you as well. Too after this little nice thirty minutes of bonus content, we got tell everyone well, where they can. You. you can find me at the
3: Corner Booth Pod on basically anything: Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Our live show for the Super Bowl is tomorrow. These two handsome gentlemen will be joining us for the majority of the show. One, there are two favorite guests to have on. Um, you also can find it with my co-host, the mini Chris Collinsworth, Mr. Mason Rutch, and of course, my right-hand man, the TikTok sensation, Matt Ardazzo, uh, the Italian Viking himself, um, and also the most passionate Jets fan you're ever going to meet besides maybe Jabberjaw over at Scorberdack. Shout out. Um, listen, Jabberjaw is a little more vocal. I will say this, man. Uh, I have a great group of guys over at the show. Uh, you can also follow me at Jared on Twitter and Jared on everything else. Twitter's a pain in the dick about training you, changing your name. So, uh, yeah, uh, I can't wait to have you boys on the show tomorrow. Um, go, birds. And uh, yeah, this line is going to shift four more times before kickoff. So just don't bet until the last minute, unless you really like a line.
2: I, I've wait. learned my lessons about betting until the last, uh, betting early. I'm not going to do it.
3: Oh, I mean, like, I have like games that I, I, I bet on things like weeks ago, but like, it's like now it's like the only bet that I bet so far in advance and almost helped me out was last year with North Carolina's uh, future bet that I took after they lost to Virginia Tech in the first rounds. And I bet it drunk off my ass on a show. And I was literally staring on the barrel of $2,500 going to my bank account if Armando Baycott's ankle didn't give out. So, it, it, you know, betting's fun, man. It makes the game interesting.
2: Just don't and bet any time touchdowns. Down. Just just don't bet No, anytime there's touchdowns.
3: Anytime touchdowns are a, a fool's bet. I bet one, and it's usually only a guy I know is going to catch at least one.
2: I bet on no, AJ Brown. No, you can't say that about the Eagles because it's going to go to Devonte Smith or Dallas Goddard, and you're going to bet AJ Brown every That's time. That's what happened
3: me last three weeks in a row. See, the thing is, same game parlays are a fool's errand, man. You bet on things that are easy. So, last same game parlay that almost hit for me was Hassan Reddick two sacks, a lost fumble, AJ Brown, Devontae, and two, um, Miles Sanders touchdowns. And you know what I missed out on was a Daniel Jones interception,
2: or I would have won wow. two G's. You know how you could have won that money? Outlier.bet, ladies and gentlemen. We shout out to shout out to our great team, uh, our great, great, great partner over there at Outlier.bet. They help us bet smarter, not harder. So we can win some of this money we're talking about this year uh, instead of like last previous years, just being sad as it all goes away. But, guys, that'll do it for us today. As always, we appreciate you tuning in. And until next time, enjoy your Super Bowl Sunday, and we'll see you guys next week.